Hi, I'm Peter Anthony. And I'm Steve Angel. You're listening to Men With Spirit. Join us as we explore what it means to be a modern man and to live a spirited life. G'day and uh, welcome to this fourth episode of Men With Spirit on Radio Karen. And for those listening for the first time, this is a regular program on community radio station Radio Karen at 4pm on Thursdays. And this show is aimed primarily at men who want to grow, but not exclusively. We want to engage with anyone looking for more depth and meaning in their life and their relationships. People who know deep down that there's more to life than they're currently experiencing. In all that we do here at uh, Men With Spirit, we aim to be inclusive and non-judgmental. During these programs, we'll explore different ways of behaving supported by solid shared values. We'll see how looking at life differently can lead to a more loving, contented and purposeful life and will encourage you to get out of your head and feel more from your heart. I'm Peter Anthony. My uh, regular co-host, Steve Angel, has uh, a pre-existing commitment uh, that unfortunately clashes with our little radio program, so he sends his apologies as he can't be with us today. But I think we'll have to look at docking his non-existent cell if he keeps this up, Steve. Anyhow, I'm delighted to um, uh, welcome back David Smith, who was uh, who was with us a couple of weeks ago. Welcome back, David. Hi, how are you going, Peter? Hi, everyone. Good to have you back, mate. Um, you as as I said, you're on the show a couple of weeks ago. But for those that uh, don't know you, perhaps you can give us some insights into your background and what you do do these days as a personal life coach and uh, what makes you. Uh, I think you've got some good information to share with men on being vulnerable. What's yeah. your background, mate? Yeah. So my uh, well, first of all, thanks for thanks for asking me back. Um, I've been practicing in front of the mirror. No, just <laughs> my radio skills. No. <laughs> well, no. welcome to the club, mate. Well, that's yeah. In all seriousness, practicing my radio voice. But um, in all seriousness, just a little bit about me. Uh, I live on the the Mornington Peninsula in Frankston South. We've been living here now for, it will be 10 years this year. So we moved across from Berwick. Uh, We saw the light. We had a lot of family down here. So we thought, oh, well, let's come and get closer to family. But yeah, we we love it down here. It's just such a different feel than being over in those southeastern suburbs. My role is, or my job is a executive and life coach. So what that means is I work with leaders in organizations and companies and um, help them to deal with the issues that they're facing. Usually it ends up being around self-belief. How do we, how do I communicate with people effectively, you know, make relationships better and that kind of thing. And that also then feeds into the life coaching work that I do with individuals about, uh, it could be something like, how do I find meaning and purpose? Or, you know, how do I just know what I need to do next in my career, all those kinds of life skills that people might need someone with a, an ear to begin to help them work through. 
So, so what's the difference, if I'm interrupting, what's the difference between a, a coach and a, a counsellor, as, as you understand, or where would you draw the distinction? I, I draw the distinction where coaching is really looking at a specific issue that someone wants to resolve. So, for example, uh, I may have a, an issue with um, engaging or, or talking to people and, and having really effective conversations. So we, we, we look through that, but we actually look at it from a what's happening now with a forward perspective. So let's find out what's going on. Let's work out what you can do differently. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. That's coaching. Counseling is I've got an issue talking to people. Let's go back and investigate where that started from and what some of the patterns might be so we can identify what the deeper change we need to make to be able to fix you with that issue or, or challenge that you've come to a counsellor with. Okay. Um, yeah, right. there is a difference. Look, sometimes coaching, well, from my perspective, because I, I, I am, uh, I've done study in psychology, study psychotherapy, I'm now studying spiritual counselling. Sometimes my coaching might, might bleed into counselling, but I have to be very careful because I'm paid by someone else to actually coach. So, you know, they've got to create some pretty fine boundaries yeah. around that sometimes. Do you um, work from, like with all this COVID, the lockdowns and all this sort of stuff, uh, have you been working from home? Was it face-to-face? -face? How does all that work? Yeah, I've been working from home for two years. Uh, I've had, out of those two years, I've had four days of face-to-face of -face work because a part of my work is as a, a, a trainer and, and facilitator. Mm. Um, look, at it. It seems to work okay, I think, from a, a work perspective, as people get more and more used to virtual. I think mm -hmm. even as a coach or a counsellor, you can you can do mostly what you can do face-to-face. -face. However, there is no substitute for sitting in front of someone and eyeballing well, them well, and seeing yeah. the whole energy. Yeah, that's what I miss is that face-to-face uh, -face contact and just that sharing of energy where you, you can feel the other person. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I don't... I don't <laughs> I'd be... Uh, Please, when all these restrictions go and we can get back to a normal existence. But um, just quickly, what? how long have you had this interest in working with men specifically? Oh, look, this goes back probably, I, I think it would have been 20 years, I think, mm -hmm. um, in, in various guises where I actually really don't know how it started, but I know that it always has been of great interest to me. Actually, I do know where it started coming to think of it is I, I was attending a church one day and um, the sermon was at the time where that young boy in, in the UK, this is going back maybe 20 years ago, um, James Bolger, I think was his name, oh, yeah. he got killed yeah, by those yeah, two yeah, young yeah, kids. Yeah. And at the same time, there was a, a, a baby in Australia or in Melbourne who had, who had been beaten to death by his stepfather. Oh. And this, uh, the the pastor got up, and his the topic of the sermon was, "Where have all the fathers gone?" Mm. And it it was around that fact of saying, "Well, how how good are we as as men of really stepping in and and protecting those we love of you know being that that courageous protector of people and." And that really challenged me. And those, those two murders particularly really, 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 yeah, that, really... That was absolutely, absolutely horrific. Yeah. Um, I think yeah, that's absolutely. where it really started to say, oh, geez, I've got to do okay. something. I've got to try and do something about this for myself and for other people. Would you say you, you mentioned 
that background in, in, in church, though, would you say you're overly religious these days or where does religion fit into your life these days? I was always brought up in, in a religious environment. You know, I went to a, a Church of England school or an Anglican school. Um, I attended church for a long time as an adult. I think I wouldn't like to think I'm, I'm a religious person anymore. I'd like to think I'm a spiritual person. Um, I believe in God. I still believe in Jesus. But I also believe that there's a bigger spiritual world around us that, that we need to learn about and embrace because um, it matters, mm. I think, and it's important. Yeah, I'm increasingly finding a lot of people that had a um, perhaps a religious background or upbringing and sort of turned their back on it for one reason or another, and then, mm. uh, but still looking for something more in their life. They don't quite know what, mm. and uh, just open to exploring different options. Um, yeah. And, you know, I describe that as, you know, being spiritual but not religious, but yeah. just how I categorize myself, I suppose. Yeah. Um, thanks for that additional background information. It's no, good you're to keep, uh, keep delving into these things. Um, David. You and I decided that the topic we're going to be discussing today, interspersed with some music, of course, is vulnerability, particularly as it relates to men. And you've written a couple of uh, blog posts on this subject, so I'm looking forward to seeing where this discussion takes us in today's program. But firstly, um, you've selected a song, David, uh, along you felt was appropriate for this particular topic. Can you tell us what the song is, why you selected it, and describe how it makes you feel? Yeah, okay. So the, the song is by R.E.M., and it's very new to my playlist. In fact, I only heard it earlier this week, and it's called She Just Wants To Be. I had not heard this song before. And in fact, uh, the reason that I, I did end up finding it was I was very curious after I'd spoken to Pete about this topic of vulnerability, what songs relate specifically to vulnerability? So I did a search and, and you know, looked through all of these artists. I had no idea who they were, but then I, I came on REM and I thought, okay, let me just have a look at that one. But it wasn't just that particular word vulnerability, but as I was listening to it, it's just a, it's a beautiful melody. Uh, I think the words really stuck out to me, particularly the title is that, you know, that the way I interpret it is it's not about me being anything else, but I just want to be me and accepted as me and I don't want to play any other roles or anything like that. I just want to be me. Uh, so it's a beautiful song. I hope you like it. Okay. Oh, I'm sure we will. I've listened to it since you recommended it, but um, that whole thing of just wanting to fully express who you are and be you is the way to go. All right, let's uh, let's play She Just Wants To Be Me. Don't worry about a thing Cause Atticus Health will make you feel all right Don't worry about a thing Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright If you got a tummy ache Or you don't feel right Or if you have a nasty rash Keeping you up at night Don't worry About a thing Don't worry 
Cause Atticus Health will make you feel alright. Hi, my name's Paul Kennedy and I'm a sport reporter for the ABC and when I'm not listening to the ABC, I listen to Radio Caram. Tune in and enjoy. You're listening to Men With Spirit at Radio Caram and uh, specifically you're listening to Pete and David. And today we're talking about vulnerability, particularly as it relates to men. That was a good choice of uh, songs, uh, Dave. Thanks for sharing that. I will certainly add it to my playlist. Um, David, it's often been said that for men to grow as a person, they need to be more vulnerable, more authentic, uh, to share their weaknesses as well as their strengths. And um, to start off our discussion, perhaps you could share with us your understanding of what it means to be vulnerable. And why do so many men find it difficult to show who they truly are? Yeah, absolutely. Well, it's uh, as you mentioned, I think at the at the start of the show, Pete, that I wrote these two uh, blogs a couple of years ago, specifically related to men on vulnerability. And, and when we started to talk about this, uh, I gave it a, a lot more thought and went back through the the material that I had written and. What I what I find particularly is sometimes this word vulnerability can be a it can be a really dirty word, and it's oftentimes I know for me with with some certain words or potentially cliches that we might use, you use them so often that you actually forget what they might mean. So what do you um, mean as a dirty word? What do you mean by that? Well, ooh, vulnerability. Ooh, you you want me to be vulnerable, um, but then. What does being vulnerable actually mean? So if I was to ask or someone was to ask me, what does being vulnerable mean to you? It could be very different than what it means to me, for example, or for somebody else. So I, I think it's important, particularly as men, and look, this this relates to women as well. I, I don't think there's there's a lot of difference, but it's just that as men, we, we have a natural tendency to not want to share a lot, uh, to keep things to ourselves. But... We also have this natural tendency as we grow up to um, learn ways of actually sharing ourselves less or sharing of uh, ourselves less. Why, why do you think that is? Why, why do guys in particular do that? Um, well, I suppose the Australian culture, it's to be tough. You know, you, you've got to toughen up. I think, look, my, my honest thoughts about it is uh, that I think because we've never been taught how to actually be with people who are vulnerable. You know, when something happens that goes outside of the norm about what we think a man should be, um, we get uncomfortable and that's natural. So we don't know how to do it. So therefore it's our, there you go, mate, I'm sure it'll get better. Have a beer. Let's go and get drunk. Let's do whatever it is. Um, It'll be better tomorrow morning. So the vulnerability piece, I think, comes from the fact of saying, Number one, I think if someone has a real need that they want to share something of themselves that they need to because they need some form of help or support uh, and they get that kind of response, they're pushing the person who needs to help further away. 
Does that make sense? Uh, like, quite frankly, it's often women that raise this issue about, yes. you know, to be more vulnerable. Um, yes. And that seems to push buttons with guys about it. And um, yeah. But why does it matter? Is it is it Maybe. simply a matter that if you're uh, shutting off um, that aspect of yourself, then yeah. you're not really showing who you are. So you're not bringing the complete person into a, mm. any sort of relationship if you're basically refusing to, to show aspects of yourself to another person. Yeah, it is important for two reasons. And uh, this is the bit that I've thought about. The most important part, and this is the part where personally I've had to learn personal vulnerability, and I think a part of vulnerability is is being personally honest with yourself, is to acknowledge the fact that maybe you are struggling with something and not avoiding it, that you played a part in something that didn't end well and not avoid it, and you have to take responsibility for that. That you're hurting, you're angry, you 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 just have a, a, a rage inside you. A part of being vulnerable, I think, of the first step, particularly I know in my you know continued growth and healing, was to over time have these things come up and say, Oh, hang on. I actually really have to look at that and I have to sit with the discomfort of failure or sit with the discomfort of hurt or um, that maybe I might have manipulated somebody or really hurt somebody and be vulnerable within myself to work through that. And did, did you, would you say it was recognition of a, a sort of a repeating pattern of, of uh, things that you thought, I need to confront this, I can't avoid this anymore? Yeah. And there you go. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, absolutely. And, and look, I think um, if I was to use an example of being vulnerable, uh, and, and this may make sense to some, this may not make sense to anybody, but uh, I, I may have mentioned in the previous show that um, my first marriage, it was, not, it was not necessarily a very happy marriage. It was toxic. It was codependent. Um, so many things that didn't work well with it. And I left that marriage hurt, upset, extremely angry, feeling mistreated, you know, the whole range of things that I felt. And it took me, I think, until this was 20 years ago, 20 plus mm -hmm. years ago that mm -hmm. this happened. It took me the better part of 15 years to enable myself or to, to wake up enough to myself to be vulnerable enough and honest enough to say, I actually played a really big part in that. I need to take responsibility for the part I played that created that environment in the first place. And that for me is being vulnerable with myself. You know, you, 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 take, the, um, you take the shutters off. You um, look at yourself in a, in a realistic way, in an honest way, and then you begin to work with it. I'd also be really interested with you, Pete, and I've shared a bit about this in my experience of being vulnerable. What about you? What are some of your experiences of learning what vulnerability is in your life? Mm -hmm. Good question. Um, I think I've learnt uh, a lot along the way. And that's been something I've had to confront, uh, and that's ongoing. 
with uh, any sort of growth, I suppose uh, you never stop growing. Hopefully you don't. Um, a few examples I was thinking of, and I thought the one that's most obvious to me right at the moment is um, this rodeo program <laughs> and mm. wanting to overly script everything so as not to make any mistakes and not to be vulnerable and not to be seen to be uh, not as not perfect and all that sort of thing. So it's just recognition that, um, okay, look, you've got, you've got to be vulnerable and, and make some mistakes along the way. Uh, just so this, this is a good example. Um, and also just deciding how much of myself that I want to, do I want to share publicly, uh, again, for fear of being judged or being rejected. So that, um, so just choosing this subject has really prompted me to think about all of that. And, mm. and how far I want to go at, at yeah. this stage. That's a, um, just to interrupt you there, Pete. That yep. I, I think that's a it's really well worth you saying that because I think for for most men, even for me, that's a that's a big one. You know how how am I going to be seen? Am I going to be judged? Are they going to like me? Yeah. Um, so you, and a, as you yeah, and just yeah. trying to fit in so that you because uh, uh, you don't want to be seen to be um, different or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, um, on the other hand, there, there have been many examples where I've decided to be open and uh, fully honest with myself and others uh, to be vulnerable. Um, let me just describe a little bit my early life, and then you'll see the significance of the song I, I want to share with you. Um, my mother was a single mother. I was born illegitimate, and for those days, it was, it was quite... Um, unusual not to be adopted out but i wasn't and my nana played a big role in my upbringing but um i remember saying that we used to have in the family which was champagne taste and a beer pocketbook or a beer wallet basically saying that my family and we lived up in a uh, grew up in a little workers cottage in brunswick in fairly squalid conditions but uh, there was always this living bond our means of pretending to be something that we weren't and, and i must admit that whole um, environment uh, and um, way of behaving stuck with me for, uh, for a long time in my life. So I always was pretending to be something that in reality I wasn't. So that was a, a big learning. And um, I, uh, it was interesting with my mother who died a few years ago at about 94. And um, I, I wrote uh, the eulogy for her and I think with a eulogy or with parents generally, you can either learn from them what to do or learn what not to do. And I really felt that it was important to share an, an accurate picture of my life with her because they were fairly intertwined. And um, so I did that. But that was um, that was quite confronting just to realise that there were a lot of things in my life that you know I wasn't happy with and needed to be changed. Um, but a song that particularly means a lot to me is uh, called O Mio Bambino Caro uh, by um, Kiri Takanawa. Um, and there's another version by Dane Joan Hammond. And um, I'll just give you one instance of that. Uh, I was with my ex-wife some years ago. Um, we are going to a, a uh, dinner party and uh, this song was on and I had it on repeat and it was very it touched me deeply to the extent that I just broke down crying and sobbing 
uncontrollably for probably about an hour. So we're late for dinner. <laughs> but um, I'll give my wife credit. She she was with me when I wanted to express that. I was just this upswelling of the fact that I, I didn't have a father and all these things in my life. So it meant a lot to me. Um, and it ties back to what we discussed at our, uh, our show last week about the power of music to help bring about change. Um, so in that context, um, I'd like to play O Mio Bambino Caro by Kiri the Kanoa. Hi, everybody. This is Wit from Spiderbait. When I'm passing through Karam, aside from slowing down to 50 kilometres an hour and reminisce about doing the Ill Race Road Rumba or the Watley Street Wiggle, I like to tune in to Radio Karam and get down with the good vibes. So welcome back, everybody. Thanks for sharing that song, Pete. You're with Pete and David on Radio Karam on the Men With Spirit show. Now, Pete, just to just to add on from what you were sharing about your family and, and how that has impacted you and that, that um, conversation we're having about vulnerability, I just wanted to add to that, that what that really highlighted to me as well in my experience was that, you know, within many families, we grow up with um, how we are taught and how we learn to deal with emotions. Uh, and, you know, David. For example, so it was sorry. Right. Our, our internet connection froze for a minute there. Sorry, that's all right. Repeat the last sentence or so. <laughs> um, yeah. Okay. So I was, I was talking about the um, the notion about growing up within the family and and how you learn how you are supposed to deal with emotion, which yep. I think feeds directly into vulnerability. And and in my family we were never or my family was never comfortable with anger and in mm -hmm. fact there was a lot of anger in the house but they were never comfortable with it so it wasn't great to express anger you know what so it was it was suppressed was it suppressed yeah absolutely yep. so you suppress it you suppress feelings and i think that's a really big part of learning what vulnerability can be as well because we lose touch with some of the strong emotions we have and we don't know how to deal with them and it's a learning process to do that yeah, and if we're suppressing some emotions, uh, likely we're suppressing other emotions as well. So um, if you're suppressing anger, you're, you're not going to be able to express love, for example, mm. you know, because you've got this anger inside you. So yeah. um, suppression is not a good thing. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> Best absolutely. to get identified and get rid of it, get it out of your body. Yeah, very much so. And I think that leads into that whole big bucket of vulnerability you know and, and being vulnerable but uh it, it, it's great and i really appreciate you sharing what you did no that's fine we could have gone into a bit more detail but that, that, that's fine um this next thing we wanted to touch on was how to be with someone when they want to be vulnerable and you've got some uh suggestions on that based on your experience yeah yeah very much so and, and i think and this was again this was the the second part of my blog which is that when i was writing it i was thinking about okay so we we want to encourage people to to begin to speak about themselves and their feelings and you know their their mistakes and all of those things that are are really important to each one of us however the bit that's often missing is 
it's okay to be vulnerable, but you've also got to be around people who know how to be with someone when they are being vulnerable. Yep. And that in itself is a, a skill that many of us had to learn. And I think many of us still need to learn. So the key points that I've written down, I think are, are based on what I think are important to me, but also based on how you actually can create safety for people. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'll just read through these, Pete, and you know, stop me if you've got any questions. Yep, yep, that's fine. Go for it. So the first one is obviously be fully present. Now, what you might find, telephones often distract you from people. Too much noise might distract you from people. So give your very best attention to someone who's sharing something that's really important for them. Because I think in these moments when people are sharing their their part of their soul to you, um, you have to recognise that and you've got to respect it and it becomes not about you but about them. So mm-hmm. pop your phone down, you know, just yep. shut the lid on your laptop, turn and face them, just show some body language and, and you don't have to say anything but just really begin to focus on what you're hearing. That's the first thing. Second one, be respectful. So don't criticise, don't judge, uh, you know, don't say anything. Now, I know particularly for men, one of our traits is we don't like to be criticised. That can put up a wall. So as soon as we feel that we're being judged by what we feel, we are going to withdraw. Third one, listen. Listening is a really underrated skill. Some people are very, very good at it. A lot of people are really hopeless at it because they listen more to all the noise in their own heads as opposed to what's being said. That's a skill I think if anyone wants to develop, it would be listening better. And does that mean inherently that you're not uh, trying to judge or criticise the person that's sharing? You're just listening? You're just listening. You're really trying to understand. You're trying to hear uh, not just the words that have been spoken but the emotion behind the word. Uh, mm. you know, you're, mm. you're listening and watching the body language and because... And this is where we go back to how much better it is when you're face-to-face with people. You can really listen much more effectively when you're with someone because you can feel the energy, you can sense it, you can hear the words, the whole lot. But such an underrated skill. And, you know, I I can, in some of my work, um, you know, we could learn listening. We could do listening for two hours if people had the time because Mm. it's such an important skill and there's so much to learn with it. Mm Um, key thing, particularly with men, we don't have to fix anything. If you're listening, if you're with someone being vulnerable, really most people just want to be heard and acknowledged with such as, gosh, you're going through such a tough time now. And you can always feed onto that and you can ask a question. What do you want from me? How can I help you with this? Is there anything you need me to help you with in this conversation? Often people are just going to say, well, no, I just want you to listen to me. And that simple act of kindness could be something that will change someone because they're being acknowledged. I think the last one that I want to share is the, um, and I think, again, as men, we're usually pretty good about it, avoid dismissive cliches. So you're starting to feel uncomfortable because someone's sharing part of themselves with you. You're not quite sure what you need to do. You don't know how to handle someone, another man crying or another man angry, whatever it is. Please try not to say, you'll be right, mate. It'll be better in the morning or you just got to be strong. 
you know, it's going to get better in the morning. Let's just go out and have a, a beer and go and get drunk. Try and avoid doing that and just do your best to be present. That's it no, in a nutshell. Yeah, no, I think there's some uh, some good uh, good recommendations there on how to handle that sort of situation. Uh, and you find this uh, this sort of uh, approach works well in practice? Oh, look, in practice, it, it's great. And I think with my um, with nearly all of my work, the one skill I really have worked hard on is just listening and listening really well and look really deeply because I think through that you're actually able to understand someone. Um, more often than not, they have never really had someone listen to them about what's going on in their world. And more importantly, I don't think they've had anyone that they've spoken to that is telling them anything they need to do. Now, you know, I help people to work through that, but I don't sit there and say, oh, gee, that's terrible, but you've got to do this. You've got to do that. Um, the question I've got for, for, for myself and others, how often when someone tells you what they think you should do, do you actually do it anyway? Hmm. Yeah, the so, whole act of opening up to um, another person uh, can be deeply personal. Um, and the last thing you need to feel is being rejected or embarrassed or shut down by their response or some, mm. um, you know, just cliche or um, not respecting them. So I think uh, if you care about people and you care, you want to encourage someone to be vulnerable, I think following the advice you put down here makes um, makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, good. You were um, talking... Um, before we came on air about um, an example you experienced some years back of um, being very feeling very vulnerable at work and mm. um, and how an act of a very simple act of kindness had quite a profound impact on you would you just like to give us the, the backstory to what mm. happened and uh, and the impact on you of someone listening and responding in an appropriate way yeah Yes, uh, this is going back some years now and um, I had moved from uh, being a teacher into uh, an IT role and a part of that process of, of learning what the, the company was all about was they would send you to three for three months to Dallas to work uh, and basically cram a, a three-year computer programming course into three months or in fact it was, mm -hmm. was less than that, it was probably two months um now if i'd have known when i got there what i was in store for before i joined i would never have joined because i had no idea absolutely no idea what i was doing and i just couldn't understand what i was doing uh i couldn't get it we were put under significant pressure to get assignments done by particular times with only a few opportunities to make these computer programs work and if we failed, uh, if we failed three, that's it. End of game. You're, Back you're on a plane, you're home. You're sacked. No job. Right. And I, I had a young family at the time. <laughs> a bit, a bit of know. pressure. Oh, just a little bit of pressure. So you know, add that to the fact that I had no idea what I was doing. I was working. You know, some nights I was working all night to try and get this stuff working. But anyway, um, I'd failed two assignments. So I had one more to, to fail and I was going to be sacked. So you can imagine the, the pressure. So anyway, 
trying to get this last assignment working, couldn't get it working, was up all night, went to speak to my instructor and he said, he looked through this code and he said, I'm going to give you one more chance, fix this full stop. Put a full stop here, give it a go. If it works, great. If it doesn't, you're gone. So I went back, fixed the full stop and it worked. Now, that act of kindness in my mind changed my whole basically career for me. And I'm very grateful for him for doing that. That in my mind is me being vulnerable, but also him being kind back because he could see yeah. the situation I was in. Good. But had you not reached out to say you were struggling, you wouldn't have you wouldn't have got that help. Yeah. Well technically you weren't supposed to, but again, <laughs> him being kind. Good. Good. And you were saying that during a lot of that time over there, the way you handled all the pressure and the uh, the, the vulnerability you were you were struggling under um, was to, to turn to drink and um, and that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, I and you said there was a song at the time that reminded you of that that period. Do you want to tell us what it is and yeah. before we go to it? Yeah, absolutely. Well, the, the the song is hard to handle by the Black Crows, and it was the first time I'd, I'd heard the Black Crows, and it was the first time I'd heard this song. And it was just it really it, it hooked me the moment I heard it, and it's kind of funky, and um, it takes me back to the time where I'd be sitting at a desk and I'd be playing this song absolutely flat stick just to try and get myself motivated and stop feeling tired um i still love the black crows you know, i love most of the work that they do it's the, it's just a great song i love it good okay over to you marcus oi 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 iga is shopping nights IGA, where the price is right. Seaford North IGA for your groceries and liquor. IGA Express, there's nothing quicker. Hi, this is Steve Stakos, the Mayor of the City of Kingston, and you're listening to Radio Carum. Thanks for that selection, David. I think that was a great one. I know that um, Marcus obviously liked it because I was watching him and he was mopping around, <laughs> having a great old time there. So we tell what sort of music you like, mate. Um, anyway, you're with uh, uh, David Smith and Peter Anthony, uh, Men with Spirit on Radio Carum. Um, in light of our discussion on vulnerability, um, I'd like to share with you what I think is a very appropriate quote from a, um, a blog site we often quite quote um, for reference, um, The Wisdom of Crazy Horse. And this piece of wisdom deals with being attacked in life. And what he says is this, a hallmark of a person with high values is their vulnerability. A hallmark of a person with low values is their need and desire to identify the vulnerability of the good person and attack it so as to hurt them. The good person must stand by their values, remain vulnerable, but surround themselves with other good people until, until the threat passes. Remember, the person of low values is a fearful person who attacks because of this fear. 
in facing a united front of good, they will run away because of this very fear. Now, that was a blog from February 2015. And I think you'll agree with me that this is a very relevant quote for the times we're living through right now. Mm. And, and it tied back to what you were saying too before, David, about just having the right sort of people around you uh, when you're trying to be vulnerable. Yeah. Um, Righto. Anything further you want to add, David? Perhaps tell us a little bit more about your um, Fearless Heart program in the time we've got remaining. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, the Well, some great news. Today's been a really great day with, with regards to the program because we've um, uh, I've been searching for a, a suitable venue and we've found, we've made a, a, a booking of a room up at McClellan Gallery. Up in, oh, yeah. Um, that's a great uh, space. Lane Warren. Oh, it, yep. it blew me away. It's just yeah, I've been it, I've been a member there for years. It is yeah. if anyone hasn't gone there, it's fantastic. Yeah, it's it, it's absolutely brilliant. I, and I wanted a space that was um, you know, it was calm and it was quiet and that the mm. people could go and walk around and think and reflect. And it's just got everything. I was so happy when I found it. Mm. Uh, and we booked in a date for the the eighteenth and nineteenth of June. And mm. if you're interested, obviously watch this space. Um Find me on Facebook, A Fearless Heart, or David A. Smith 61, or Instagram, A underscore Fearless Heart underscore as well. I'm sure we'll we'll, uh, promote it on uh, Men With Spirit on Facebook as well, so they they can contact you via that as well. But that's that's great that you're doing that. So when's that going to be? 18th and 19th of June, so it's over a weekend, two days. Okay, good. Uh, My wife's birthday, she gave me her blessing. (laughs) <laughs> which is great you've got a very understanding spouse obviously oh yeah she's lovely she's so generous good okay well look um uh thanks for that um also if anyone is interested in finding out about uh, our men with spirit groups you can contact us on our facebook page which is at men with spirit or you can email us at connect at menwithspirit.com.au or you may like to suggest some topics you'd like discussed on future episodes of Men with Spirit at Radio Karen. Or now we also have a number you can call, which will put us through, put you through to either myself or Steve, and that number is 03-9016-0411. Okay. To, uh, to finish up uh, today's program, um, we have what I would term a very supportive song, um, a song well-known to soccer fans, particularly if you follow Liverpool, and that song is You'll Never Walk Alone by Jerry and the Pacemakers. Uh, who would have known that uh, the term pacemaker would be... <laughs> refer to something quite different these days. Um, an interesting uh, fact from um, from a couple of the guys in our Frankston Men with Spirit group at our meeting the other night, apparently, this could be a factoid, but apparently the, uh, the size of the crowd at the MCG in 2013 um, was 95,500 when Liverpool played Melbourne victory. Needless to say, Liverpool won. But this apparently... Uh, made this the biggest audience rendition of the famous song. Um, It may not be true, but, hey, it's a good story. (laughs) 
Um, a big thank you to Marcus, who makes it all happen behind the scenes. So that's all from us today. Uh, thanks for being with David Smith and Peter Anthony on Men With Spirit on Radio Karam. We hope you've enjoyed your time with us. And until next time, uh, be true to yourself. And up next on Radio Karam is The Back Room. Now to uplift you, here's You'll Never Walk Alone by Jerry and the Pacemakers. G'day everyone, I'm AC from Friday Night Frothies, also very involved in the sporting club. We're here today at the grand opening. Any opportunity I get, I'll be listening to Radio Carol.